0: Clear is a faster way into Capital One Arena. Download the free Clear app to beat the crowds on game day. Enter through the Clear lane at the 7th and G Street entrance across from Clyde's. And
1: now it's cleared away and up ice by the Pittsburgh penalty kill unit, and that's going to do it. The Pittsburgh Penguins have broken their seven-game losing streak. The Capitals have now lost four of five. Final score, Pittsburgh four, and Washington one. This is Caps This Morning with John Walton and Ben Raby on Caps Radio 24-7. The offense sputters in a home loss to Pittsburgh. Tampa Bay and tomorrow night to close out the homestand. And Steve Wino is back with us this morning. We discuss his new book on emergency backup goaltenders. Good morning everybody, it is Thursday, November 10th. Welcome to Caps this morning here on Caps Radio 24-7 presented by Clear, the faster way in a Capital One arena after a step forward with a win Monday over Edmonton. The Capitals took a step back last night with a 4-1 loss at home to the Pittsburgh Penguins. It was a rough second period for Darcy Kemper and his teammates last night. Kemper allowed three goals on ten shots in the middle frame, including a shorthanded goal by Brock McGinn. McGinn, incidentally, would be the game's number one star. In less than eight minutes, the game went from scoreless to 3-0 Pittsburgh. In the third, the Penguins were down to just three healthy defensemen at one point, but still managed to limit the Caps to just seven shots in the final 20 minutes. Marcus Johansson got the only goal of the game for the Caps, Final score, 4-1 Penguins, as the team from Western Pennsylvania broke a seven-game losing streak. The Capitals were tremendous on the power play Monday night and scoring four goals with the extra man. Less so last night, but it's scoring at 5-on-5 five five that's become a glaring issue. Including last night's game, Washington has now scored just nine even-strength goals in their last eight games. That, friends, makes life a lot tougher. Through all the injuries, the Caps have got to do a better job at scoring at evens. It's been a tough goal for a while now. Head coach Peter Laviolette's addressing the media after the game.
2: The first period was kind of split. The first ten went our way. The first, you know, last ten went their way. The second period, they were, they were able to capitalize a little bit more. And, you know, the bounces. We had, we had opportunities, and we couldn't put them in. And... Um, You know they had some bounces that went their way. Darcy's been a rock for you guys so far this year do you feel like this is one of his more trying outings? There was like I said there were some bounces pucks got whipped in there and you know he probably like another crack at him but he's been you're right he's been there for us all year and you know tonight there's some tough bounces. Offensively so you like kind of the
3: chances and the opportunities you guys got. It was
2: tight both it was tight both ways it was I think anytime you play Pittsburgh it's kind of a game that's just dragged through the mud a little bit. There's not a lot of room. It's not pretty. It's not flashy. And so we had looks. We had opportunities. Uh, finally got one in the third, but probably too little too late. Over 60 hits between
0: the two teams. Yep.
2: How did you feel like you guys matched up physically? Well, that's what I'm saying. It was. We knew it was going to be that type of game. You know, it's you got you got to get into that combat out on the ice, the physical part of the game, and that lends itself to not being wide open hockey, and it's a little bit um, tougher to find the the looks and the chances that you want.
0: Alexiev's makes his season debut. hasn't played in the NHL in a bit.
2: Just what do you think of his game with Erwin? Um, You know, there's there were some good things he did out there. There's some things we'll go back and you know work with him. But um, it's tough coming off of you know an, an injury like that and being out for so long and getting up to game speed and then jumping in against a team like Pittsburgh too. So I thought it was good.
1: Final score, Pittsburgh 4 and Washington 1. The Caps will look to rebound tomorrow night, the conclusion of a four-game homestand against Tampa Bay. With the loss, the Capitals now back under NHL 500 at 6-7-2. and two. Washington has lost four of their last five and now have just two wins in their last eight. This morning on the show, we're once again happy to have Steve Wino from the Associated Press to talk about a book that he's written. It's a must for all goalie lovers out there. Congratulations on being an author now, sir. The like Ben album. Raby, yes. yes. Whenever you want to write your book, you've got two possibilities here. i got two guys that can write the forward for me right here, I think. <laughs> we name, know people. The name of the book is Odd Man in Hockey's Emergency Goalies and the Wildest One-Day Job in Sports. I can't believe that this book wasn't written already. And me neither. Because it is such an intriguing thing that is so unique to our sport and so many stories surrounding it, and so many guys. I mean, everybody kind of knows about David Ayers, and what he was able to do and be coming in and winning a game. I mean, that's got to be the tops. But how much fun was this to write for you? It was a lot of work, but it was really
3: fun to, like, go back down memory lane. I know Ben knows this I with, can, it, with that's the That's the best way
0: to put it. It's it, a lot of fun. It's a lot of work.
3: Yeah, it, it really is because a lot of the stories are things that everybody knew and you're trying to tell a little bit more and there are stories I didn't know and, and I had I done a story on eBugs back in 2017 before any of this really happened when George Alves, the Carolina equipment manager, came in for eight seconds at the end of the game and so I knew some of the background, obviously Stretch here in in, in D.C. and his warm-up game that you have a piece in, John. Yes. Uh, that Like I knew some of those stories before, but there, like it was fun to learn more along the way and find out. Our colleague Zach Boyer said one of those things is you should ask these guys why they became goaltenders, and just like a simple question like that came up with such incredible answers and being able to find out new things. It was fun. I mean, hockey people love talking hockey, and all these guys, whether they're pros or beer league guys, are just goalies. Like they, they all have in common that they're goaltenders, and it was fun to talk to them and learn things.
0: And what's interesting is each story, the genesis of why they were needed, where they came from, their ages, what they were doing in their real life, they're all different stories it's not as if you're telling the same story a dozen times
3: and that's what actually was one of the most enjoyable things is each chapter is kind of a standalone like you could like maybe almost like a magazine story out of every chapter on this was the david air story this was the brett leonhart story this was the carter hutton story and just being able to tell each one along the way And then seeing all of them kind of like intertwine where Anton Forsberg was injured for like four of these, like Peter Morazic's involved in two of these. It was like the same guys who kept cropping up in all of these stories. And we all know hockey is a small town, but David Ayers is a 40-year-old arena operator. Scott Foster played college goal, but also was an accountant in Chicago. Uh, Stretch was the the video uh, website guy when he dressed for warmups here. Everybody had a different kind of place in life along the way that you could pick up the book. I hope people will do that. And you could pick one story out, and even if you don't read other chapters, you can bounce around and find out different stories. And eventually, when you read them all,
1: they all kind of connect. When did it change with the NHL? Because it used to be kind of the Wild West. It was like, who was around? And now it's a little bit more regulated, where you've got somebody who is in the building, and you know that you're going to have your meal voucher and a seat in the press box, and we'll see how tonight goes. <laughs> when did that change? When did it become from Okay, like Stretch was, as you said, working on website at the time on the on the team side, not on the hockey operations side. And I remember George McPhee comes over. According to Stretch, he said, "You know, hey, get ready." And you're just like, "What?" (laughs) Like, I mean, you don't. There was no real rhyme or reason to it. When did that evolution occur? I guess
3: it was 2015, and there was a night in Florida where Roberto Luongo gets hit by a shot and and essentially breaks his collarbone, goes to the hospital, and then Almonte tears his groin and. Can't play anymore. So there's a, maybe a, what? felt like an hour delay was probably 20 minute delay they didn't know who to put in the darn game like there was Rob Tallis who had played in the league for a bit started putting on pads Derek McKenzie was a fourth line forward he started putting on pads and they're calling Gary Bettman and figuring out like well what do we do now we have our our goalies are hurt until Roberto Luongo sped back from the hospital to get in the game and they're like we got to figure this out so that was the really the genesis the modern day thing it's just amazing that this was never needed from like 1965 until 20 20- 2016, 2017, 2018 when this started happening, but eventually they put in a rule of you need to have somebody and put in more specific rules in 2016, 17 before Scott Foster in Chicago that you need to have a defined goaltender in the building
0: at all times for either team to use. It's an odd debate moving forward even when this happens, and clearly it does happen enough to create a book and write a book about it. Fans seem to like it. It's great stories. It's great content. It's great when somebody goes in and makes the most of the opportunity. How does the league feel about it? Is it just a consensus that this is the best we could do with a very unorthodox, unlikely circumstance?
3: It's cross your fingers and hope it never happens.
0: That That's basically like the league
3: philosophy on it, is this is the best solution they have right now because teams, you have two nets in practice. Nobody wants to practice with two goalies. Like, like that's NHL teams in general. You don't want your prospect goalies wasting time in the NHL just practicing. The taxi squad, your goalies hated everything about that. There's no perfect solution for it. So I think everybody right now kind of hold your nose and hope it doesn't happen where a guy goes into a game and might get lit up because I think everyone's fear when David Ayers came into that game, two goals on two shots, was that he was going to get lit up and all of a sudden the Leafs were going to get an easy win and GMs were were angry and all that. There are options on the table, and if it were to happen where a guy gets lit up, I think there's a GM's call the next day, and every team has a third goalie, not against the cap, like immediately. I think there's a possibility for that. It is fun, but it is stupid. It's just the dumbest thing, and that's why – I think I mean, I'm hoping it happens again because it's good for this. You need a
0: sequel. I mean, an, an update
3: like you had when the Capitals won the Stanley Cup would be great. But if a guy comes in and gets lit up, the rule could change very quickly.
1: Well, the thing is, though, and this thinking about at times and going back a bunch of years when Adam Oates was coaching here, and there was a month where he's like, "Hey, we're going to keep Philip Grubauer around." You had three goalies. The problem is, it's not a money thing. It's a you can't have three goalies at practice thing. There's only two nets, so uh, yes. the the argument is that okay, well, the, the GMs would say, oh, this, this can't happen anymore. But the truth is, I don't think it's that easy. You can't just say, oh, I'm going to wheel this guy in from Hershey and he's going to be there. I mean, I do remember when the Capitals had, they were in Winnipeg a few years ago, and this is as close as they came, where Phoenix Copley goes, it's a back-to-back, Brayton Holtby's supposed to go, and he can't. And now it's Copley's game, but from the very beginning, the e-bug from Winnipeg. Gavin was McHale, yes. Gavin McHale is standing by and he's got a uniform he's out there doing shots and suddenly at the end of the game he's dancing around with Alex Ovechkin to the dressing room which was one of the coolest things I think I've seen <laughs> in 12 years here.
3: Yeah and, and and that's what makes this fun is you don't want to have a third goalie around. One of the ideas that folks have tossed around is maybe you rotate your minor league goalies up and all that but when you have a, a Gavin McHale was basically like a beer league goalie who had played some sort of semi-pro <laughs> and basically like coaches on the side and he gets to to sit in Braden Holpe's stall and celebrate with Alex Ovechkin and take shots from Alex Ovechkin and Nicholas Backstrom in warm up, that's the coolest thing on earth. Like, just talking to so many of these guys who just did warm ups and just sat on the bench, not even went into a game. Just that experience of being on the ice during warm-ups, and Stretch got to do that in 07, 08. that's the greatest. It's, it's just such a fun thing, because in no other sport can that happen, Like let alone going into a game. But if Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers get hurt, you're not having a D3 quarterback in the stands ready to warm up and play and all those things. It's, it's a cool, fun thing. Who was your favorite interview? Carter Hutton, probably.
0: Scott Foster. Moody debug Carter Hutton.
3: Yes. Scott, Scott Foster was my favorite interview to do, because we were in at a brewery by his house uh, outside That's of Chicago. That's why you enjoyed it. And, and, and all we did was was I put the recorder down on, on the bar. We had a few beers. We talked for three hours. And he told me everything. Things about the Scott Foster story that no one had ever heard of. But Carter Hutton was, was my favorite because no one really knew that he dressed as a as, as an e-bug for the Flyers the year they went to the final and lost all their goalies and played seven different guys and then went on to have an NHL career. Basically, the guy that every beer league goalie dreams of being, of, hey, I get a chance to dress in an NHL game and then goes on to have have a career. That, that's that got to be my favorite.
0: Carter Hutton, a great story. Do they have a bond, the E-Bugs? Like, do you put them all together now? Do they relate? It's their 15 minutes of fame. Do they get tired of sharing the story? How do they all relate to it years later i can't imagine they ever get tired of telling the story scott foster did not want to do any media
3: after his night so like he had his night for the blackhawks in 2018 beats the winnipeg jets and then that night was like i don't want to do any more interviews he's like i want to go back into like being an accountant and being a husband and being a father and i was afraid he wasn't going to talk honestly for for the story and then it was enough years later he's like you know what i'm ready like i'm out of my rehearsed speech now I'm ready to like reminisce and talk about it. I think that was kind of it. And and it was really what was one of the most fun things talking about the e-bug kind of fraternity is there is like a, a group chat, like an like a, an Instagram chat or whatever, among like a bunch of the e-bugs around the league. So whenever like somebody gets hurt, it's all of a sudden like, hey, who's the e-bug in Anaheim tonight? They might be dressing or whatever. That's a weird thing. You mean among the active e-bugs? Among the guys who are active e-bugs in the league right now. Connor Bolpre is one of them in Minnesota. Con- Connor Boulpre, son is, son is, son is the is the Minnesota e-bug and so they have this whole kind of like camaraderie of they'll all be checking social media or or, or texting among on friends and me, like oh, I guess there's somebody down in Pittsburgh. I guess this guy's going to be in in the locker room, or this guy's warming up, or this guy's going down right now. It's like the bat signal going up in the air. It really is for an e bug bat signal. Like one of the cooler moments was Tom Hodges went in for for the the Anaheim Ducks game 82 this past season, which snuck into the book at the last possible moment.
0: You were and, thrilled when that happened. Can we can we unveil the curtain on this? You were basically done writing the book. The book was <laughs> in in December, and all of a sudden this happens in April game and 82. I'm, and I'm like.
3: Oh no! Like, can I? can I, like, like, oh, oh no! Like, me rewrite. And I was managed to sneak that in. But as it's happening, I'm texting with David Ayers and Scott Foster. And like, Scott Foster's like, I just turned it on. I'm watching it. I hope this kid wins. It was that sort of thing because no one on Earth, other than those guys, know what it's like. And 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 so when David Ayers went in, Scott Foster's like had this like weird like goosebumps. Like, there's no one else on Earth. Other than me, who knows how that feels? It's like walking on the moon. Like, like you know, like, you only, if you've done it, you know what it feels like. And only Scott Foster had known what David Ayers was is thinking at that time. And that's sort of like the camaraderie kind of fraternity thing that has come of this.
1: That is so cool. Hey, walking on the moon. I never would have equated that, <laughs> but it makes absolute perfect sense. The name of the book is Odd Man In." Our friend Stephen Wano writing it. Hockey's Emergency Goalies and the Wildest One-Day Job in Sports. How do people get this book? You can get it on Amazon. You can get it
3: uh, on Triumph Books. I'm also signing and selling at the Irish Channel uh, Thursday, November 10th, 7 to whenever they kick us out. I'll be selling and signing books there. Uh, Venmo Cash, as as Ben knows, I I bought a bunch of books from him when when his book came out in in 2017. I'm
1: here. If you can find me, you can buy the book. That's a great read. Go pick up Odd Man In. It's available on Amazon. It's the Capitals and the Tampa Bay Lightning tomorrow night at 7, 645 air on 106.7, a fan, and Caps Radio 24-7, available at CapsRadio247.com. Have a great Thursday, everybody. For the latest on the Capitals and hockey news around the clock, let's go, Caps! Tune in to Caps Radio 24-7. Listen online via the Capitals mobile app at CapsRadio247.com or ask Alexa to play Caps Radio 24-7
2: on TuneIn.